1: Welcome to the State of Recruiting, a recruiting podcast brought to you by Orange Twenty Four Seven. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris. And we are back to uh, bring you another uh, episode during the quarantine. Here, Nick, how's uh, how's your quarantine week been going?
2: Uh, not too bad. Same same thing, same old, same old at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, have you settled into a nice little routine?
2: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, kind of. It's just been uh, consisting of waking up and trying to get some work done until about one or two, and then. I don't know playing 2K for about three hours and then trying to recycle that and do it again <laughs> until I go to bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I um, I told you I got I got my old PlayStation three back and got into NCAA. So I've worked my way from the offensive coordinator at UTSA to I am now the uh, head coach at Syracuse, and uh, <laughs> it's only up from here, Nick. It's a weird path. <laughs> uh, well, you know, here's the thing: is I kept getting passed over for like uh, I, I kept getting passed over for. Uh, Offensive coordinator jobs at bigger schools—that's what I was looking for. And then, but I kept getting offered head coaching jobs. So I was like, "Huh. I guess I'll just take one of these head coaching jobs." Then
2: may as well. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. So, uh, so definitely, uh, that's been kind of my off-air stuff. But we have plenty. Kind of, I mean, a blessing in in itself that we have had some news to to keep us going through all this. And I think the biggest news um, yesterday came down uh, Wednesday. We're recording this on Thursday. Is uh, the NCAA did extend the dead period until May 31st. Um, I believe Texas pushed all their summer classes to online. And Nick, it looks like the college football season could be in jeopardy. That's probably a story for another day. But um, you know, obviously, losing this uh, the spring evaluation period, losing spring visits, that's going to be uh, it's going to have huge repercussions for the for the class.
2: Yeah, and also just losing uh, the summer 7-on-7 season. Um, most of the kids, they play with their uh, school 7-on-7 teams. Uh, UIL does a great program with that uh, state championship out in College Station. Um, and now that's probably not going to happen. I know they put out, a uh, thing a couple of weeks ago, saying that it was in major jeopardy. But at this point... Um, especially with there not being uh, any summer evaluations most likely from the coaches, then it it probably won't matter. Um, But yeah, this is starting to become a pretty big deal. And, uh, and like you said, now we're trying to starting to get worried about the season.
1: Yeah. And that spring, you know, I talked about this yesterday, I wrote a piece about the, you know, how the, the positives and negatives for Texas with the, with the dead period being pushed back, I think positively for them, you know, they have they have been behind in this class because they have a largely new staff, and um, I think that this allows them a chance to play catch-up a little bit, and um, they've been able to do that kind of over the phone and FaceTime the only ways you can these days. Um, I, I had a story earlier this week about Chris Ash uh, having hosting a virtual in-home uh, dinner with, with a couple of recruits where he basically, he cooked dinner, they cooked dinner on their end, they set up on FaceTime and had dinner together, and um, you know, it's unique, It's it's it, from talking to the recruits, and they were uh, Andrew Makuba from Austin LBJ and uh, Isaiah Nuquovia from Dallas Skyline, you know, it, it did help Texas differentiate themselves and stand out a little bit. But, I mean, it, it's going to be really limited on what you can do and, and how creative you can get. At this time. And, and I think the, the biggest part is spring is always where recruitments start to become solidified. It's it's where guys make a lot of visits to practices or they're, you know, the one of the big storylines is always, well, this guy's been to Texas, you know, three or four times during the spring. That's huge. Um, And that period goes away. And I think uh, the biggest thing that hurts Texas really is is the loss of the evaluation period. Because the staff is so new and and most of them came from outside of Texas, they're not that familiar with these kids. They haven't seen a lot of these kids in person. And losing that chance to go out to practices, camps, all those things, and see those kids in person, I think, is really going to hurt the way they evaluate moving forward.
2: Yeah. And I know a player's interest in specific schools grows during that spring right before the senior season. Uh, and it, most of it can be attributed to, you know, being able to uh, get to campus as many times as they want or uh, uh, anything of the sort. But uh, I wonder if it's still going to be the same now that they can't get to campuses, but uh, those virtual in-home visits, I think are going to be huge and the more creative that they can get, the better it can be. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's, there's one, that's one of few schools that's doing what Chris Ash is doing right now. Um, and in uh, kind of reading that, it was kind of like uh, reading what a black mirror episode would be if it was football recruiting, when it, you got a virtual in-home visit where you both make dinner on the other end and pretend that you're there it's just kind of like a technology point for no reason but in the in this case it's a big reason
1: yeah so um you know we'll we'll continue to obviously follow those storylines and, and report on, on different things as they change, but really feels like the status quo right now, and, and everything's just in a wait and see mode. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess I would take this time to. I, I hope everybody who's listening to this is staying in and, and doing the things that the CDC has asked. I think that if this thing gets into to football season, everybody's going to be really sorry about these couple of weeks where they just kind of ignored everything and, and went out and. Um, everything, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens when football season actually gets at stake and that's, it's sad that it takes something as trivial as a football season to, to kind of make that a reality, but I think that's the case, so everybody just please stay inside and, and let's get back to normal and back to football um, for on our end at least, as quickly as possible um, Alright uh, Nick, uh, before we move on to our questions, uh, last week I recorded sat down with uh, Texas quarterback commit Jalen Milro and uh, we're going to play that interview right now and now I am joined on the show by uh, a very popular person among Longhorn Nation the uh, 2021 Texas quarterback commit it is uh, Katie Tompkins quarterback Jalen Milrow Jalen thanks for uh, joining me yes sir yes sir (laughs) thanks for having me um I wanted to ask you man this is actually something I meant to ask you back when I saw you last year but um there's a lot that comes along with being the Texas quarterback. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the most scrutinized positions in sports, and I think you you've want me to seen, start like a different, different the popularity followers. you have among the fan base. What does that meant to you, and like, how are you kind of handling all that okay. scrutiny? Honestly, it's um, great to have with the, uh, the fan
0: base and how everything that it uh, has in store for it. Um, honestly, it just helps you. Uh, make, it makes you motivated and makes you want to work harder. Just to uh, make sure everyone else is uh, on the same same role as you. Um, I thought that's the biggest thing. Just just work. It makes you want to work harder, and
1: it's always uh, always great to have someone behind your back. Um, so, obviously, this isn't how you probably envisioned your, uh, your junior spring going into your senior year. Um, a, a lot going on. What are you kind of doing? To, uh, first, let's, let's go off the field. What are you doing just to kind of get through the day and the boredom of being, of being locked in the house? Is there any, any games you're playing, any shows you're watching, anything like that to kind of get you through? Um, so, with, with that, um, I'm spending this time with family
0: because I know that in a year from now I would be away from family. So I'm, I'm enjoying this time that I have with them. Uh this is actually a blessing in disguise with the corona. Just I have more time to spend time with uh my family. Uh we actually just started uh schoolwork this week. So we started back school this week with online. Um so I'm doing that. But um as far as um spending spending time and stuff like that, I, I do play Xbox uh on my free time. But um really just family schoolwork and then um and then our coaches for our school, we have a, um, a video chat that we do for the uh, captains that we've been doing, and then we have some online uh, uh, football football questions that we, we that we uh, we stay mentally prepared for that. Um, as far as uh, the the school for Tompkins, we're um, st- steadily engaging and communicating. Um, make sure we're still locked in. All have the same mindset for next year. Because knowing that we have all this that's going on, we still want to stay on the same page. Because we still have a was season to play for next year. Um, but as far as, like, working out and stuff, it's just more at home because um, all of the um, nearby gyms and fields are all closed. So, really just uh, all at the, at the house thing.
1: Do you guys have any sort of weight set up at home? Or have you had to get super creative about uh, how you're getting your exercise done?
0: We have no weights, but we have a elliptical, and then uh, I just go running or
1: something. Okay, yeah, I've seen. Uh, that's been like one of the funniest things to see all the coaches. Like, Here's a bucket and a broom. Use this <laughs> uh, type of thing. You know how it is. Uh, they'll they'll yeah. never, they'll never miss a chance to to let you hear about it. Um, so let's jump into kind of your recruitment. Um, you you pulled the trigger early. You had to go through uh, a staff change with the guy who you committed to, no longer on staff. Uh, new staff coming in. How was that transition for you?
0: Um, so that was the biggest thing for me with the transition from uh, the different OCs and how, how the relationship was going to be because I was recruited by uh, Coach Beck. Um, but with the new changing, I feel that the relationship is still there and it's, it's, it's steadily getting better. Um, I communicate with uh, the officer, officer coordinator, Coach uh, Yurchik and uh, Coach Herman, and it's still the same relationship that I still had uh, when I committed. Um, I feel that, um, the relationship is, is definitely getting better. And, uh, uh, I enjoyed the the process that's going on with Texas and everything.
1: Have you been able to, I don't know if you've seen, but Coach, has been doing some X's and O's stuff on Twitter. Uh, have you been yes. able to look in on any of that and kind of see like, you know, some things that, that you feel like you would excel at in, in, in those little chalk talk sessions he's doing?
0: Yes, uh, absolutely. Because with the things that he's doing, we play, I mean, we uh factor that into my high school. So I'm prepared with the stuff that he was doing. And uh,
1: yeah, I do like the stuff that he was on, uh on Twitter. You made your decision ahead of time, so you've got kind of things out of the way. You don't have to take spring officials. Um, have you? I mean, obviously, I know you'd have probably taken some visits at this point to back to Austin or something if if everything was open. But have you talked to maybe some other recruits in the class to see how this shutdown's kind of affecting the way their whole recruitment's going as a whole? Um, the only thing that I say that's how it
0: affected it is if you were trying to commit at this time but you wanted to see the the campus first, because you you've been communicating with the coaches that but now you want to go see the the uh, the campus and uh what the uh university has to offer at like going there. Um so that's the only thing that that it that it affects
1: with the recruiting process, but I feel that with this that's going on, you have more communication with the coaches. Um, as far as, you know, your, your communication with the rest of the Texas class, uh, how are those guys hanging in there and are you guys still pretty much talking on a daily basis?
0: Yes, we're, we're, we're talking on a daily basis, um, asking how everything's going on, uh, steady communicating, seeing seeing how everything uh, going with the recruiting process and, and with their family and stuff like that through this
1: time. Yeah, obviously it's a, it's a, it's a weird time, man. It's, it's, people keep asking me like how this is going to change things. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I've never, never gone through anything like this. So I can't tell you. Um, One of the bigger, I think storylines to me this year was um, when coach Yurcich came in, they obviously offered some other quarterback targets. I understand they had a conversation with you before they made that move. Um, You know, what was your understanding and what was your feeling on that when they decided to do that?
0: Uh, so personally, just wanted to hear their point of view, uh, how everything, ended, but you are going to do the best with, for, with, for, was for the program. So
1: I I felt that I was, that was the best, dish, best decision for the program with, with the decision they made. Okay. So you were, I mean, you were pretty like once, once they explained everything, you were kind of understood where they were going with it and everything. Yeah. I understood what they were going with. It. Um, you're the face of this class, uh, to haven't had a commitment in a little bit, um, Anything cooking? You guys working on anybody right now? Uh, so uh,
0: we have, let's see, we have one defensive commit. So
1: he, uh, DJ is working on defense, and I'm working on offense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a good little connection. You guys got, it, I think it's pretty well balanced right now with, like, you got obviously the Houston guys, you and, and Hayden and DJ, and then, um, you know, there's some Dallas guys up here with Billy and Jatavian and, and Juan. Yes. So I, I think you, you guys are pretty pretty strongly balanced as far as areas of the state you can cover. Anybody right. – people always love to hear this, so I'm going to ask it. Anybody in particular that you guys are working on hardest right now? Bryce and JoJo. Bryce and JoJo, okay. And uh, what's your message to JoJo? So, So he lives in the state of
0: Texas, and he went to high school in the state of Texas. How would that look to have your state across your chest? That's the key thing. You, you, have, you represent your your name. On the back,
1: you resident the set of Texas on your chest. I've seen that from you guys over the past couple of months. Is that going to be kind of the official mantra for for this twenty twenty one class? Is the the state your state on your front, your family on your back?
0: That's 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 what we're trying to. Yeah, that's what we're trying to get right there.
1: I like that's a that's a good way to push it. Um, you said you play a little Xbox. What's your what's your game of choice? Madden. Madden only. You're not a Fortnite guy, anything like that?
0: No, I'm all sports games. So Madden, Madden, Two K.
1: Yeah, Madden do you, 2K, that's I don't know what Carrington plays. He's always online talking about playing. Have you ever played against him? I don't know if he's Xbox or PlayStation. He's
0: Xbox, he's, I've played against him.
1: You haven't played against him? He yeah, said he's I mean, I need to. handing out L's, so I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your uh, Which team do you play with in? Uh, what's your preferred team to play with in Madden? I'm a Raven fan, so I, I, I'm a Raven okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, That makes sense. you got a game like Lamar, so uh, that, that definitely <laughs> makes sense. Um, tell us something that we don't really know about you, man. Like anything – I know you're pretty into sports. You're pretty zeroed in on this quarterbacking thing, but anything you do like, – like, for instance, like DJ told us he's a swimmer, which took me completely by surprise. He's like a competitive swimmer. Is there anything like that that's like kind of a surprise – something surprising people would find out about you? Uh,
0: I mean, I was really into singing. Into singing for yes, into singing. I was really into that because my mom could really sing, sing really well. That's a family where they could sing. So I always was around singing. So I used to use I, I,
1: I can I, I can sing a few notes. <laughs> if you hey, if you want to, man, the floor is yours. <laughs> maybe, next, maybe, <laughs> maybe 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 another time. We'll see how long this uh, quarantine goes on. We may have to get to uh, the the Jalen Milrow Entertainment Hour on here, huh? Uh, what about uh, did you do choir or anything like that? Yes,
0: yeah, so I, I I used to uh, before I, before I got to high school. I did choir. Um,
1: were you in any other sports? Or uh, you're on track, don't you? Yeah, track and basketball. Track and basketball. So basketball you got done with before everything. Track, I guess, cut your season cut your season a little short. Um what what events do you run in track? Uh 4x1, 4x2, one, 100. Okay. Um I you know, I used to love being able to come to Tompkins and, and talk to you and talk to, to your boy Tamiche. He's now away in in Florida, although I guess he's probably back in Houston during all this, right? But yeah. um have you have you had much contact with him and and seen how he's liking it out there in Florida? Oh yeah, of course. There's- me and me and Tamisha are great
0: friends, uh, so I definitely want to hear how everything's going with him. Uh, not just as far as football, but just just personally, how's he, how he's doing and stuff like that. But I have uh, communicate with him how everything's going.
1: Yeah, he's liking it out there at IMG though. Oh yeah, cause
0: in the, in the Florida, Florida is very nice, so he's adjusting to the Florida the
1: weather and everything. But uh, yeah, he's he's adjusting to it. I know I've asked you this before, but I always seem to forget. Are you planning to uh, to be an early enrollee? Yes. Okay, so you're you're looking at graduating in December, signing and shutting everything down. I know you guys kind of had a an official visit set up sometime in the summer. Um, you know, have you uh if, if that thing goes on, you know, it obviously depends on how far this quarantine goes, but um are, is that when you're planning to come in and make your official visit just uh, sometime in June, I think? Yes, yeah, with uh Hayden and a couple other commits trying to go June. Okay. And I know like Landon King was another guy that mentioned he might come in yeah. with y'all at that point in time and Terrace Cooks. And so uh, <clears throat> obviously a lot of talent and um, a lot of talent in state. All right, uh, Jalen, before we get out of here, uh, I want to thank you for joining me. But what um, what's like maybe if you wanted to say something, you're, you're going to have a captive audience of a bunch of Texas fans listening. So if you want to say one thing to Longhorn Nation, what would it be? It would be. Can't wait to be behind. All right, Hold man. All right, man. I appreciate the time, Jalen. Uh, thank you for everything. And, and maybe we'll, we'll bring you back on to sing. Just depends on, on how, to, how long you take us. <laughs> <goes. laughs> and that was uh, Texas quarterback commit Jalen Milrow, one of my favorite kids to talk to. Uh, really a pleasure, you know, really smart kid, well-spoken, and, and really just kind of has a, a very adult approach to, to life and football.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and covering kids, I guess for the past five or six years, he's one of the most uh, well-spoken, well-thought-out kids that I've ever gotten the pleasure of interviewing. The first time I got to interview him was against Katie last year. It was right after they lost that heartbreaker game where they came back and almost won it. And he was still composed and uh, he'd said it like it was and said that they just couldn't execute in the first half and the second half they did well and he's just a great kid he's very uh he's very well spoken and he's gonna be he's gonna be a star if he can make it to that level all right
1: well let's get to our questions over at horns 24 7 uh, on the message board as always we're gonna do our message board our, our mailbag questions um i do not as of this point in time have a question from charles daniels so i don't know that we can end the podcast with him maybe he gets it in in this small period of time um you know <laughs> come on charles before, uh, maybe i'll just shoot him a quick a quick message and say you better get it in but uh nonetheless you can get those questions in over at horns 24 7 on our message board uh i'll put out a uh a a question or a uh, a thread every week basically saying we're taking your questions all you gotta do is drop it in there um and and we'll get to your question on the podcast all right nick you ready to do the mailbag yeah, All right, absolutely. our first question comes to us from Hookem Bloodstein. Uh, it says, if the football season is canceled, how would that affect recruiting? Would Texas be able to get elite recruits to believe with no season? Um, that's a tough one. I mean, that's something completely unprecedented. Um, it's. Uh, I don't know how to answer it because part of me says, um, you know, I think that if that were the case and everything drug on that long, there's a big chance a lot of kids would stay in state. And I think if they stayed in state, they'd try to lean on Texas. But on the other hand, that's asking a lot of faith and a lot of trust, uh, having not seen this coaching staff in action at all. And um, I I hope we I really hope we don't get there um, to that point. And I, I can't imagine how they would have to navigate if there was no football season.
2: Yeah, it would be incredibly difficult. I, I think if the football season got canceled, I almost wonder if they would push back signing days um, just to kind of, you know, give. they can't have kids, you know, committing before the season even starts, I wouldn't think. But, I mean, again, like you said, this is unprecedented, and uncharted territory that we have. But would Texas be able to get uh, elite recruits to believe with no season? I, I mean, they can sell a new system coming in um, on both sides of the ball. Uh, and both sides of those ball, uh, both sides of the ball have uh, uh, succeeded at their previous jobs uh, with Mike Yursich and Chris Ash. So um, you know, I, I think they can just sell a new system. Um, and try to try to get them to believe that way.
1: All right. Our next question from uh, Nero1691 says, I see there have been a lot of offers made to kids from Virginia. I don't recall the previous coaches recruiting that state as much. Uh, is this an area you think the new staff could have some success in, uh, excluding the effects of COVID-19? Of course, um, as we've talked about, out-of-state recruiting is going to be really tough uh, because of coronavirus. But... I think that what you're seeing here is a product of a more national staff, and this is a staff that had guys like Jay Valai and and Chris Ash who were at Rutgers, so they worked up and down that eastern seaboard, Uh, Coleman Hutzler at South Carolina they're going to be a lot more familiar with that virginia, you know, uh, maryland area than than previous coaches were. Uh, Mark Hagan in there also at, you know recruiting from Indiana. I think recruited from those territories as well. So, um, I think yeah, this is this is an area where you're going to see Texas try to expand their blueprint and be much more of a national program.
2: Yeah, this is a question I asked you, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And I was saying there's a lot of offers going out to Virginia. You know, who's kind of in control of that right now? And you said it's pretty much everybody getting involved in Virginia. And uh, there's also just a really good uh, crop of kids from Virginia this year with kids like Tony Grimes uh, and Travion Henderson. And uh, there's even some in the second and third tiers that are pretty solid as well. So Virginia is just kind of a hotbed here in this 2021 class in general as well.
1: All right, our next question comes to us from uh, Texas Strong. Number three, two, two. Who do you feel is the next big thing coming out of East Texas? I've noticed a lot of late bloomers and overlooked guys in the region uh, that have made an impact on the field at the next level. Hmm. That's a good question. There is always, um, you know, those guys that, that come from smaller schools out in East Texas. Um, I, I guess one guy that, that piques my interest a little bit is Jordan Jenkins from Lindale, uh, the running back. I think that he's a, a really strong athlete. Um, there are a lot of questions I know as far as on the field and does the athleticism match the tape, but I could see that guy, you know, he has all the tools to develop into something.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other East Texas kids as well. I don't know if you want to include Texarkana, but you got those three kids up in Texarkana on the defensive side of the ball. Of course. Um, I guess we're looking kind of, uh, kind of deeper. Um, I like Kai Horton a lot, quarterback at Carthage. Uh, he's a big Big-bodied quarterback that I, I think could do pretty well at a group of five school. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of some other East Texas kids. It's, it's 2021. 2020 had a lot with kids like um, uh, Haynes King. Um, but trying to think of 21, uh, Kai Horton is the only name that really comes to mind. And, of course, Jordan Jenkins.
1: Yeah, I would say Torrey Phillips, too, from Pleasant Grove. He's a, he's the third member of that defensive line um, who moved down from, from Arkansas last year. And really big athletic kid, I think. It really scratching the surface on what he can do as a football player and uh, look for, look for him to maybe blow up if, you know, if we can get back on the field at some point uh, soon. Um, all right. Uh, next question from Horn KC, what three positions are the best and most accurate to evaluate for coaches and recruiting services? And what three are the worst? I can't speak for everybody. I, I can tell you what mine are. So I feel really strong evaluating defensive backs. Um, I feel like I just kind of have a, a knack for what people are looking for in a defensive back, and I also have a lot of friends who coach defensive backs, train defensive backs, things like that, that I can lean on. Um, so defensive backs definitely one of my favorite. Um, I feel like uh, defensive line is is something I I'm pretty strong with, and um, I'll say uh, running back is is probably the third for me. The three hardest, and I think the hardest for anybody is quarterback because it's so much what happens between the ears. Um, you know, how many great quarterbacks? Yeah, I was thinking the other day, um, Nick, do you remember Dylan Sterling Cole?
2: Yes, absolutely. From Springfield, yeah. Last so, year. <laughs>
1: when they used to just do Elite 11 camps and they didn't do them with the opening, the first one I ever went to it was like Kyler's senior year in high school, and like uh, Jarrett Stidham was in that Elite 11, and Dylan Sterling Cole came as a sophomore and was like right as good as as Kyler and Jarrett Stidham throwing at that event. And I just kind of checked his name down. I was like, this kid is going to be awesome. And he never just just never quite made it for whatever reason, you know. So there's so many Elite 11 kids we get excited about, and then they just never quite make it. So I think quarterback's really tough. I think offensive line's tough because it depends so much on, um, you know, the way that those guys develop long-term physically. I think that high school offensive linemen, unless you're talking about guys who are just, you know, if, from what you can see, like the Tommy Brocker Myers of the world, the Walker Littles of the world, where you can see it immediately, you know, it's hard to forecast and, and hard to, you know, hard to see what Sam Cosme was going to grow into. Um, you could take your chances with it. You may be right and you may be wrong. Um, so, offensive lines up there as well. And I would say, I would say tight end just because it's a position that's so. Uh, fluid in and out of football, as far as like how teams use them from team to team, and you know what those guys play at the high school level and things like that. It's hard to kind of find those those guys, and again, unless they're those Eric Gilberts or or guys like that that you think they're really going to stand out and be a, a great tight end.
2: Well, let me think here. I I just started dedicating myself to film and evaluating really hard this past August. Um, So I have a limited experience here. But uh, growing up, my dad was a high school quarterback. So I honestly feel pretty comfortable evaluating quarterbacks. But like you said, it's pretty hard with them because it's all between the ears. It's a mental game more than it is, you know, uh, knowing the X's and O's. Um, You know, if you succeed at the high school level, it's a completely different game once you get to the next level to college and trying to rebuild and succeed all over again. Uh, But I feel comfortable evaluating quarterbacks at the high school level. Um, I could say wide receivers, And uh, probably defensive backs as well. I've been trying to get better at defensive backs over the last uh, three weeks. That's been my main focus. Uh, Three worst, offensive line for sure. Um, That's one I want to get better at. Tight ends. um, And probably linebackers. Um, I'm not too uh, comfortable with linebackers right now just because they're so multifaceted.
1: All right, our next question from Buena Vista Horn um, says, What happens to the current seniors on this team if the 2020 season is canceled, especially quarterback Sam Ellinger? If he is allowed to return and does, how would that affect 2021 quarterback recruiting? Um, Again, it's a really good question. Um, It's one I'm not sure I have an answer for. Um, I think – look, I think – and we'll get into this probably next week. Nick, Nick's nick been doing a lot of research on it, so I'm going to let him read some more, and we'll, we'll get deep into it next week. I think if this thing gets pushed back, um, I think it's it's just that. It's going to get pushed back. I I think even if it came to playing this, the season in the spring, they're going to do everything they can to not cancel the college football season. Um, and so... I think that, you know, those questions will be answered at that point. But, I mean, if it, if it pushes on and, and those seniors are granted another year of eligibility, much like we're talking about with the spring sports, um, obviously that I don't know that that would necessarily affect 2021 quarterback recruiting or 22 quarterback recruiting, but they're going to have to make additional accommodations, meaning that you can expand your roster and hold more scholarship players and things of that nature if you're, if you're going to hold that senior class for another year.
2: Yeah, at this point, I wouldn't say we should expect the 2020 season to get pushed to the spring, but I think we should prepare for it. Um, there are a couple of Group of Five conferences and a Pac 12 AD uh, that are making plans to push uh, the season to the spring where it would start in mid March. Um, you know, how, how does that affect 2021 QB recruiting? I. I honestly have no idea. I mean it's it's uncharted territory. When was the last time we had a football season start in mid-March? When was the last time we had a football game in mid-March? So um you know it's it's definitely going to be something we're going to have to figure out as we go.
1: All right. And our uh, next question comes to us from Hook of SD. It says who are some of the other Texas uh, recruits Texas fans should know at O-line and quarterback for 2022 besides Cam Duberry, uh, Devon Campbell and Quinn Ewers? um I, I quarterback in 22 i really like kate klubnik from from austin westlake i mentioned a couple weeks ago when we did that rankings show is that uh a college uh, office coordinator told me he thinks that that klubnik has the long-term ability to be every bit as good as yours so um that's a guy i really like uh o-line in that class uh kelvin banks from humble humble summer creek is, is a guy to know and and a guy to like for sure uh nick what about you
2: um, at quarterback, uh, like you said, Klubnick's a pretty pretty good option. Um, I, I honestly like the in-state quarterback group that we have uh, here in Texas. I like Brayden Locke from Rockwell Yellow Jackets. I like uh, Garrett Rangel from Frisco Lone Star. Um, there's a there's a lot of dudes all around. And uh, like you said, Kelvin Banks on the offensive line. Um, and then uh, you also have uh, – let, let me see here. I'm looking at the list right now. But, yeah, there's only three offers out. you got Cam Dewberry, Kelvin Banks, and Devin Campbell. Um, but I think once you get uh, their junior team tape up, you'll start seeing more offensive tackle and offensive guard offers thrown out.
1: All right. Um, let's see here. Next question from WWPG says, uh, there seems to be a sense that a lot more guys are going to wait until the fall to make decisions. Would you agree with that or expound? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, like I said, I think this thing goes two different ways. I think that there's the majority, um, and I, every t- I feel like every time I make a prediction I'm just priming myself to be wrong, But I think the majority wait until the fall, and I think that there's going to be a select group of guys that have said all along, I want to take my visits, I want to do that, that just get antsy and pull the trigger. Um, And I think that that's going to hurt Texas in some cases. For instance, if I had to target a guy that I think could fall into that group, I think Bryce Foster might fall into that group, and I think if he had to pick right now, he'd pick Oklahoma. So... I think that you're going to see it both, but I would say for the most part, guys are probably going to try to wait. And if this thing, the only thing I could see it changing is if we get into like July and they say, hey, we're not going to be clear until next spring. Then I think everybody just kind of starts making decisions at that point.
2: Yeah. And, you know, if we hadn't had all this going on and, you know, kids were able to take visits over this last month, honestly I probably see a reality where we probably have one or two more commits in this 21 class by now yeah it's just difficult to get kids um you know to make their decisions right now and and, and talking to some kids and asking them hey are you going to wait out the dead period and try to make some visits and they're like yeah I mean that's that's the ideal situation but you know we can't control that and so it's again it's a fluid thing and they're just going to have to go along with it uh, just like the coaching staff will
1: all right um our next question from Mills14 says, as of right now, will we still have two signing days? And if so, will they be on schedule? As of right now, everything is still on schedule. I know I've talking to college sources, they're hoping that they drop the early signing period. And basically, I think, again, this thing evolves every day and, and it moves every day. I mean, think about how different all these scenarios we're talking about are now than they were a week or two ago when we were talking about them. You know, I think we thought maybe this is a couple weeks that we got to sit out and then you know, we're back to normal and, and obviously this thing just keeps getting more out of control every day. But um, I think that from ideally if this if everything was resolved midsummer, I think that if the colleges could have it their way, they'd eliminate the early signing day and they wouldn't have another dead period for the rest of the year, basically. So we could go through um, through December and January without a dead period make up all that visit time there and everybody sign in February unless you're, you know, early enrollees could still obviously early enroll. But outside of that, uh, I think that would be the preference. As far as what's going to happen, that's still very much up in the air.
2: Yeah, that's the ideal situation. Just drop the early signing period and have everyone sign in February, and no dead periods up until then. That that would be a lot of fun for us and and for recruiting fans. But uh, if the season gets pushed into the spring, then you do have a spring sports signing uh, signing day, and I think uh, late April, early May, uh, you could see that come into play as far as like the the new early signing period. I don't even know if that would. Uh, qualify as one or th- if they would go ahead and keep the February one um, but as of right now yeah we still have the two signing days and as of right now they still are on schedule but um, the the NCAA says they hope to have a decision by June uh, on uh, what they want to do with this 2020 season so over the course of this next two months we'll be sure to keep an eye on that all right as well.
1: and Nick I have news Charles Daniels got a question in and he's beat the kind of buzzer coming in clutch like vince young he also is going to serve you up for a nice little plug on your new project nick let me let me read this question dave campbell's football recently had a march madness style pull for high school football helmets charles felt the skyline helmet should have won easily but it was defeated in the first round in your opinion which high school team has the best jerseys and uh, two quick hitters for Nick. Uh, can you tell us about the new site you started and, and also being new in the industry, how it has been cultivating sources for you? And do you believe that quarantine has helped or hindered you in that process? Um, all right. So let's get, let's get to the uniform question first. Um, I don't think I can answer this with one. There's got to be a few, right? Um, you got to throw Hutto in there. Hutto has some awesome helmets. Hutto has great helmets. I would say just uniforms overall, though. Um, yeah, okay, if we're going to okay, forms, so I'm yeah. gonna do five off the top of my head. and these probably like I probably have a different five or at least some different five if I had the chance to sit down and think about it, but just right off the top of my head, I think Austin Westlake has an incredible look. Um, the blue pops, the red pops, the silver on the helmet, the the logos great, all that. Um, I think it's an incredible look. I think that, Cibolo Steel has one of my favorite looks, in the, in the I think if you can pull off black and silver in the way they do, um, that that's a fantastic look. Carthage has a very traditional, uh, strong, you know, historical look. I love that. Um, Highland Park, I just love the colors. Uh, anybody who's going to combine navy and yellow, I think I think it works. And let me see, who would be number five for me? Um... I would go with, uh, you know what? I'll go with Temple. I'll go with Temple wearing the blue fronts with the white backs.
2: I like that pick a lot. I like that pick a lot. I'm trying to think. I like Waco La Vega a lot. I think when you combine that blue and yellow, those specific shades of blue and yellow, it seems to work. Um, I like Odessa Permian, I guess just because of the iconic legend of that logo and, and those colors and that school. I like El Paso Eastwood, the Troopers out west um trying to think of the east texas schools i i love john tyler grew up in tyler and that was just always an iconic look as well i like the soto but i think if i had to pin down one favorite uniform it, it would honestly be that black uh golden uh green look that DeSoto has that they bring out normally for the cedar hill game every year All
1: right, so nick uh, charles mentioned that you have a new site and you did you launched a, a new little website this week um it's a passion project for you i've kind of uh read a little bit of what you wrote and I just i apologize i haven't had a ton of time to sit down and read it all but i'm going to one day and you and i discussed <laughs> uh the subject matter and me getting into that musical catalog and all that um just kind of tell us about what you're doing and and, and what the vision for everything is
2: yeah. And I appreciate Charles uh, bringing this up quick little plug, but, uh, yeah, it is a passion project of mine. Uh, it's just a hobby of mine, music in general. And this is something I've been wanting to start for about the last year. I created that Twitter account, I think probably eight or nine months ago and just never got around to making the site for it, uh, and actually sitting down to do some time and, uh, write for it. And, you know, with this quarantine, it was the perfect time to do that. And so, uh, I dedicated about two or three days, uh, earlier in the week to sitting down and doing it and I put out my first piece and basically the vision of the website is for anyone and everyone just to kind of write creatively. Um, I, I know that there's very few outlets anymore that just kind of allow writers to throw out whatever comes to mind. I'm I th- trying to think of a couple. Uh, there's this one called DJ Booth um, where they, they just kind of branch off of music sometimes as well and just kind of let people write about life and uh, write about life experiences and sometimes how music has shaped those life experiences and uh, I, I want that to kind of be an outlet for that and I want sports to be involved as well. I know there's sometimes there's uh, pretty uh, pretty great sports stories that come out of life experiences. I know there's one in a couple of weeks that I want to get around to is uh, Derek Rose's comeback and how he's been able to uh, overcome all the challenges that he has during his career and is still being able to be one of the most elite point guards in, in the league after all the injuries that he's had so uh, I definitely want to branch off of just music and sports and definitely talk about life as well and also I want to get a lot of people involved you know if you're a writer out there and you just want to kind of post something on something that is you know an actual website then come on I have a free wordpress blog now so <laughs> we can uh, we can have some fun with. yeah
1: it. and just one more time tell them what it's called where you can find it is it on social all that kind of stuff
2: yeah, it's called general admission, and basically the 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 name behind that is just you know it's open for everyone, it's free for everyone, and um, at the gen admission on Twitter. Um, and uh, I think the website right now is just generaladmissioncom.wordpress.com because it's still a WordPress blog. I'm, I'm just going to keep it free. I'm not going to put any money into it just yet. Um, but uh, it's just uh, something to have right now, and it's, it's a fun little passion project that i got going on. All right,
1: around. cool. And then uh, I guess the last part of his question was, you know, how's being new to the industry? Have you been cultivating sources? And obviously we can't go deep into detail on sources, but um, just he, he's looking for that angle of it.
2: Right, right. Um, I will say working at the Baylor site for, I guess, the four or five months uh, that I did last year, um, it definitely helped in preparing me for uh, this role because um, I, I was walking into that Baylor job super blind and it took me about a month to cultivate a couple of sources and I kind of branched off from there but um, honestly just covering Texas high school football over these past six years it's been able to kind of help me start off with some sources uh, uh, right off the top and um, you know Twitter is the best source in my opinion too uh, just talking to kids and uh, you know getting in contact with recruits and stuff like that but um, you know it's been great I've loved this role and i'm super excited to get more involved all right
1: well that's going to uh to do it for our questions uh nick we do have for texas fans hungry for a commitment um they might get one in this month and it it may not come from the football team um you put in a crystal ball for uh, a huge basketball target do you want to talk about that real quick
2: yeah, absolutely. Uh, Greg Brown, five-star power forward out of Austin Vandegrift. It's been a while since the Austin area has had a major recruit like, uh, like Greg Brown, and he's just kind of a freak athlete, and if he fills into his body, he could be a Giannis 2.0 once he gets to the NBA um, but I, I, I'm kind of curious if he can get to that level even before next year but he'll be committing on April 24th on his YouTube channel live uh, he's making it a big event for uh, our, our quarantine needs and that'll be around NFL draft time so that'll be those two or three days will be fun for us um, but yeah, I put in a crystal ball for Texas last week um, after the news broke, uh, after Horns 24-7 broke the news that uh, Shaka Smart will be staying on as the University of Texas head coach. I went ahead and put in that crystal ball. Uh, you know, Talking to him before, it seemed that if Shaka was staying, that meant he was staying, and he'll be able to stay home and uh, hone in his craft with some of his local trainers and still be able to uh, work with his teammates from high school. Um, and I know that was something that was important to him. So at, at this point, I'm still keeping that uh, Texas crystal ball in um and uh, as of right now i think that's where he's headed
1: all right well that's uh, so if you're looking for a commitment it may not come from football but texas may be in, in, in line to get one this month all right uh, that's gonna do it for everything i have nick you have anything else before we get out of here no that's
2: all about right. it. Well, we
1: appreciate you guys for listening i hope you're enjoying uh, our new format of the show i hope you guys are listening to open mic that i drop on tuesdays to sit down with uh, guys next week i'll have uh Uh, Greg Powers, who used to work here at 24-7 with us and uh, is currently working for a college scouting service to kind of talk about the insides of working for a college scouting service. So uh, tune in for that. It comes out on our regular State of Recruiting feed. Um, We appreciate everybody for listening. A reminder that you can listen um, to – google podcast through your apple device now um so if you have google uh devices at home that you listen through uh apple does have the google podcast app now so you can uh tune that all in um please wherever you catch us is it stitcher spotify itunes any of those places please make sure to subscribe rate review all those good things and uh and we will see you guys next week